Hey, this is Ryan with the Leafs cast. Wanted to let you know that we have a YouTube channel now. If you wanted to check us out on YouTube, leave us a like and a subscribe. And for now, enjoy the pod. Three W's, two games in 24 hours, but only one Shelley. The Leafs cast is back. Checks it ahead. Matthews up to that. There it is. Joe Bowen, what a, what a man. That's a winner. Good one, Stephen. Welcome back to the Leafs cast. Good week. Much better. You know what? I think we could all say we're in a much better mood now than we were last week. That's for sure. Way better. You know what mood. puts me in the best mood? Literally the best mood in the whole world. The thing I love the most, beating the Boston Bruins, Amen. baby. Amen. Love it. There's a lot of podcasts out there, guys, people listening. There's a lot of podcasts out there. We're glad you're here, but I want to guarantee one thing. There's not another podcast on God's earth that hates the Boston <laughs> Bruins more than the Leafs cast. That's fair. I could I could testify to that. There's a lot of hatred stewing in these bones. I don't give a crap that they're original six. I don't give a crap that they're a financially successful NHL franchise. That's that's a garbage organization filled with garbage players. And I take pride in beating the crap out of them any instance we can. And we have a lot lately. I think we have a good record against them regular season we, we, in the last however many years. We were 3-0 and last year against them. And one so, this year that's more important. How does this come up on the camera? Is that just, does the L? Just is thumb. it going to be flipped? It's just. <laughs> do we want to actually? Do we want to talk about it all about the scandals that were the Boston Bruins this week? I mean, if it was any other team, I would just chalk it up to uh, oh, their front office are made up of fools. But it's Boston Bruins, so we have to drag them through the mud of where they have no standards about the people they bring on. It was it was it, it it did. In a time where the Leafs and then they did have a W going into that. I know we're kind of bouncing around, but, uh, you know, the, the, the Leafs like they were a little bit the talk of the town, right? That they have been struggling so far this season. The Bruins then suddenly become number one, right? Signing Mitchell Miller, who's like a very controversial player doing mm-hmm. just some horrible things for those that are unaware. A lot of really bad and nasty bullying stuff of a disabled kid back in the day. And he's he well, was what what's crazy off. is that like. What they keeps coming back to is he never apologized. Like years later, he still like it, he, two weeks ago he put out like an Instagram apology and said like, "Hey, sorry, man," and uh, I'm excited to be <laughs> signing on the NHL again. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it was just weird that like out of nowhere it felt like Boston just came out and signs this guy, and obviously the whole hockey world just for like. A little bit got to share in our hatred of Boston. And we can tell them, listen, guys, we've been telling you for years. This is an organization of scumbags with no moral values. Finally, the world sees that just trash organization top to bottom. And now there's proof in the pudding. And all of this made a a negative Boston stew, right, in the media. Everybody talking about this poor decision organizationally that Boston made. And they weren't winning that night. No way. Not against the Leafs coming into town. And they're not going to win one more, one more time this season. The Mitch Miller curse. It will live on. Um, yeah, I hate the Boston Bruins. So 
thank you for beating the Boston Bruins. And we said that. Did, were we not all in agreement last week when we potted that like things were down? We're like, the Leafs are going to get up for this game against Boston on Saturday. And they did. They, they did. did, man. Mm. I mean, it was hard to uh, even like look that far ahead. You know, I mean, as much as we love to just uh, sit on that Boston win all podcast long, we had a game against Philadelphia first. And that was like coming off of the road trip. We just like blew it against Anaheim, where it was the lowest franchise. Some crazies out there were saying to fire Keith. Could you believe that? And now here we go. We come up against <laughs> Philadelphia. And like that was the game that just silenced people. Like, and, and, you know, one game isn't the whole story, but that's the kind of game you needed to play to just silence the crowd, to, to silence the press and to say, OK, this is the still. I know it's only Philadelphia, but it's still the Leafs. We can still do it. John Tavares just came out and said, Sheldon Keefe, I got you. And just like put on a performance for the ages. Like that's our captain wearing his jersey today. You think John Tavares has ever said, I got you. I don't think that's John Tavares. Maybe. (laughs) But he did. Three goals. The Leafs came out on Wednesday. I think it was so important to have so many days off, right? It felt like just so many days. Mm -hmm. Our games crammed in, you know, like one after another. They get to wait all the way till, what was it, Thursday? Wednesday? No, it was Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, and uh, John Tavares with the hat trick. And the Leafs just completely outplayed what was a good team, right? Like the the Philadelphia well, Flyers have been a good team this season. This um, season. They, they were at, supposed to be a bad team, but then they end up yeah. being good. Well, tor- Torts kind of coaches his butt off. And I mean, he's over there screaming at his team. Uh, kind of makes it a little bit more fun every time you see like a Leafs player, you know, get a nice takeaway against one of them because you just know that like Torts is losing his mind. I don't know how that guy doesn't like go to the hospital with like a heart attack or a stroke. after. Maybe he game. does My in God. between the games. That's where he is. Who knows? <laughs> speaking <laughs> speaking of Tortorella, there are a couple of quotes that he had uh, about Sheldon Keefe coming into the game uh, that I thought like, was good good on uh, Tortorella to kind of come out and say. I mean, like, Tortorella is also just very anti-media. So maybe you just thought it was a, a chance to stick it to the media. But he came out and basically, like, uh, in defense of Sheldon Keefe, saying, you guys don't know what he's done for that team. You guys chuck darts at him because you want some results. He's a terrific coach. I hope he jams it to you all, quite honestly. Just not tonight. I remember <laughs> when he was in... Um columbus and after they beat us he was singing keith's praises there as well saying like you know this isn't this isn't on keith because obviously everyone's putting on keith after that as well and saying like keith was terrific and he's so good and oh maybe torts just likes the way keith coaches maybe torts is just sticking out for his fellow coaches of the league but it's not the first time that he's been taking keith's back here maybe torts should coach in toronto maybe this is what he's what he's saying about coached keith years ago (laughs) oh did he i don't remember really in tampa yeah way back when these guys are old. These coaches are old. Um, but yeah, just an awesome game. A, a, a very physical game towards the end, especially. I mean, and the, and the Leafs had, you know, some of their their tough characters in the lineup and took care of business. So I don't know. It was just really good to kind of get off the schneid. A nice W at home. Well, there's uh, been a lot of chatter at the end of that game when Matthews was kind of getting in a tussle and ended up not fighting anyone and Giordano ended up coming in and Matthews kind of like skating off smiling and there's kind of some negative uh, ne- negative words out there about, you know, Matthews not being willing to fight. And should he fight? Should someone, a 60-goal scorer, fight or not? Tim, I know you have very strong feelings about this. What, care to share Absolutely them with us not. on the pod here? The media is ridiculous sometimes. They want 
Austin Matthews hands are worth $15 million a piece. And they want him chucking knuckles at some Joe Blow on the Flyers bottom feeding team? Are they nuts? It's Travis Konechny. I think he's been mentioned to be traded to the Leafs a handful of times. Not this some Joe Blow, Tim. Settle down. He's a Joe Blow when it comes to Austin Matthews. Travis Konechny's got some big balls, though. I mean, because like the, every time you see that replay, all you see is him looking up at Matthews. I don't know how tall he is compared to Matthews, but it lo- he looks about a foot shorter. Um yeah, I, I actually didn't know if we were going to bring it up on the pod because, like, I don't know how much. Well, I, 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 I feel I'll, like we're all I'll kind of in agreement. No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll speak back a little bit. I agree, Tim, that I don't want Austin Matthews fighting, but I think that it was poor poise of Matthews to kind of be like, like this is the end of the game. The game's basically over at this point. Toronto's going to win. And Matthews is like egging on, he's giving him shots back on the shin pads. He's kind of pushing back and laughing and getting him riled up. And then like Geo comes in for like a MMA takedown or something. And like Matthew just kind of keeps skating around and laughing. And like, what if Geo hurt himself doing that or literally any of his other teammates? Like that whole scrum ensued partially because Matthews was egging him on. So like, yeah, I agree. You shouldn't be the one throwing your fists around. You're right, Tim. They're 15 million a pop. But like, that doesn't mean that you should be the one egging on or creating the conflict if you're not going to be the one to finish it. Well, Matthews didn't start it. I mean, when you say egging it on, I mean, like, I, I guess I guess he could skate away. Like, the guy's literally slashing him. He could uh, skate. He could have skated away. That's all. That, you guess, know what? That, I, that's what I see John Tavares do that every night. He just skates away. And I think that Austin Matthews needs a little more maturing to get to that that status. And he kind of he wanted to do it. And you know what? Props for Gio. I love seeing Gio come in there and fight for his teammate. And Bunting got in there, too. But I, I think that it was unnecessary by Matthews, and I, I don't think I want to see that part of it again. To, to me, I thought I, when I watched it back, I thought it all happened really fast. I, I don't know that you could totally rule out that Austin Matthews wasn't about to do something because they were really taking a lot of physical liberties against him in that game. And he probably was pissed off, but he always likes to look really cool. But to me, it seemed like it was like in, in a 10 second span, slash, slash. And then Geo's like already there. <laughs> like it was like quick, right? It was it was really fast that Geo got in there. Um, I, actually, I think Geo was in after Konechny took off his gloves. So I guess the invitation to fight had happened. Um, but like, but then after Geo jumps in, like, like what's Matthew's going to do? Like, Hey, hop out of there. Like, like tap me in. Like, what's he going to jump on the pile? I don't know. Maybe. I also um, don't like Giordano getting in there. He's arguably our most important defense in these days. That is true. Where's our fourth I, liners? We can get, send Mac out to go get it. Oh, wait. Get, get Hall to get, get in there. He's oh, expendable. my goodness. Justin Hall. <laughs> takes me back to, I want to say it was McDavid's rookie season when he, like, broke a finger um, fighting. Mm. You know, you, I, I thought it was seen, in junior. I think it was his draft year of juniors. Oh, that was, okay. Um, that was when we were following him so closely that I was going to be a Leaf. Um, <laughs> but, you know, not all these players are Ovi. And I mean, even Sid's fought a handful of times, like, right. You go these boomers, right. That are calling out Matthews hardcore. What, what's his name? I can't remember the guy who was Mike Rupp. Was that it? Uh, Mike Rupp who scored, who scored fewer goals in his NHL career than Matthews has scored in one season, calling him out on, you know, if he should be fighting, right. Came from a time where guys like Wayne Gretzky had literal players on the team that were there just to make sure they didn't have to fight. So I, I, while I am normally pro fighting and hate agreeing with Tim, I agree with Tim. (laughs) 
I would say if referees do their job right, there would be no fighting in the NHL. Well, they certainly don't do their job right. Clearly not. Uh, Three days after the Wednesday W in Philadelphia, the Toronto Maple Leafs, yes, stay home. Scotiabank Arena, the bank, as it's referred to. Uh, Boston coming into town for the biggest game of the season. Yep. The absolute biggest game of the season. Boston, who, uh, I mean, this this would have big, big, been a big game of the season if Boston had been as amazing as they were as the season went on. But I think they were like, they had two losses on the season at that point. Well, they got no, three they, now. They had one. They had one loss oh. of the season at that point. We were number two. Yeah. And again, the Leafs just outplayed these guys for the whole game. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, I, here's the thing. I, I don't think it was um, a Toronto Maple Leaf domination game if, by any means. Like Boston, they looked like they were the top team of the league in that game. I was pretty impressed with how well they were playing there. Especially, I was, I was pretty tense. It, yeah, it, it was it was really close. And I think the Leafs really stepped up. I would say it was their best game of the season so far is, is what the Leafs played. And that's just a testament to how good Boston was. And it was a really close game between two really good teams. And yeah, I mean... Toronto got the bounces and they uh, they ended up winning at the end. And I would say they deserve to win. I would say definitely our, our best defensive game of the season. Like you could tell, like once we got up to be like two one, Leafs like did a pretty good job of locking it down. Mm-hmm. What made the Leafs so much better defensive? What changed defensively in that game, roster wise, from Sweden? <laughs> joining the top pair timothy Liljegren made his season debut with the maple leafs on the top pair he was it, made, it was a noticeable difference even just like it's the kind of thing where you know like last season matthews missed like 10 games or so and when he's out it's just the whole rest of the lineup gets shifted up a spot and all of a sudden your number two guy becomes your number one guy your number three guy becomes your number two guy and not that Timothy Lilligren is our number one defenseman or anything, but when he's able to play on the top pair of Borg and Riley, all of a sudden that frees up Brody to play with Hall. And like Hall by no means has been great since that change has happened, but he's been a lot better than he was before that happened. And you have a bottom pair of Sandine and Giordano and any pair with Giordano is good. So like, you're right, Steven, it, it, I think not necessarily Lilligren himself doing things, but just his part of being in the lineup made a huge difference. I completely agree. And I, I mean, like offensively as well, sorry to segue off the, off the defensive, but awesome. Matthews is going now. Like he, he obviously had that, that streak to start the season with like what, what and gold in like 10 games, something like that. But he's doing much better now. And it makes a difference. Like the Leafs, the Leafs as their design, they have like the top two lines score and the bottom two lines don't allow any goals. That's I, the have way some, I have some thoughts about Austin Matthews before we get there. Steven, did you have anything else you want to say about the defense there? Well, sure. I mean, just I think I said it on this podcast as well. We were very doom and gloom about, OK, Timothy Lillian comes back. Can we really expect him to just jump right in and be on, on the top pair? Right. And then you can move Brody down. And it seemingly was going to fix everything. I was just a little bit pessimistic about that idea. And he came back and he just he really works with Morgan Riley. And it's crazy that I was just thinking about it tonight, even watching like a guy like Timothy Lilligren who at a certain point, a bit written off, right? As like, I don't even think this guy's going to end up playing in the NHL to now. He was in many trade proposals. And he looks like he belongs as our, our, one of our top pairing defensemen right now on the right side. Mm -hmm. Um, 
1.4 million. And then what's crazy, giving Keith some flowers, and I don't want to be anti-Keith. I know what I was saying last pod. I want the Leafs to succeed. That's right. If Keith's there, that's great. If somebody else is there, but we win the cup, that's also great. Anyway, um, (laughs) I can't stick my feet in the ground as being anti-Keith. That darn (laughs) Keith. But he made a lot of changes this week on D. Some really crazy changes. You got Brody now playing on the left side along with Sandine. No, Hall. Hall, yeah. And then uh, Geo and Sandine playing on the right side. So you have a right side playing on the left and a left side playing on the right. Uh, but somehow it worked. It worked this week against the two two of the best teams in the NHL. Um, I mean, Brody so- naturally shoots left. So it's not like it's totally out there that he was playing on, on the left side with Hall on the right but it's definitely different from what we've seen from him in the last two or three seasons, however long he's been here. Like he's always been on the right with someone because we've had such a shortage over there. So it is kind of interesting to see him used over there, but it's, it's honestly been the only thing that's made Hall a usable defenseman so far this season. So if that's what it takes and you're not moving Hall because we're short a defenseman and Jake Muslin, which I'm sure we'll get to later on in this pod, then it, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes, you know? Um. I know Ryan said you had some stuff to say about Austin Matthews. I do want to talk about the injury that happened in this game, but I don't know if you want to get an Austin Matthews. First. No, you you go ahead. Well, I I mean we hate we hate Boston here. We hate Brad Marchand. They go hand in hand, and when Brad Marchand, who is a good hockey player, dangles Ilya Samsonov so bad on a <laughs> on a penalty shot that he literally injures him on the play. It's just. Oh my goodness! A worst case scenario. So yeah, I think it was intentional. That- he deked that way. So like, watch me take out this guy's knee. <laughs> he really got it. I, that. Made me so much more concerned after like, or now that we know like it literally was that moment where he basically does a fake a fake shot and then you know goes to the backhand and he does a really great fake shot that Samsonov just totally bites on. Mm-hmm. Still tries to make the save and you kind of see his knee roll i mean obviously his, his skate is is stuck into the ice and it's a an awkward awkward movement for a goaltender and he doesn't return for the rest of the game well but hold Shelley on he did return because out. because that happened five minutes into the second period and he played the subsequent 15 minutes of the second period he pulled a mm. jack campbell and was like no no i'm fine i'll keep going and then 15 minutes later then he's like shoot okay now i've really screwed this up which was frustrating to me partially it's like okay, that means clearly it's not so bad if he was able to finish out the rest of the period. He didn't let another goal in, so at least there's that. But Yeah, I, I give him a bit a bit of slack. Injuries like that, it's like you have the adrenaline going, like maybe it's like a, the swelling doesn't happen. You gave Jack Campbell zero slack. What are you doing? Give well, Jack Campbell was like laying on, yeah, he's bleeding. From <laughs> 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 his groin. <laughs> bleeding. <laughs> I'm imagining the Marc Andre Fleury tweet thing of him <laughs> bleeding on the ice, right, with the the stake in his back. Um, um, I I do think well, it's it's a knee, right? So and it's he's a, on like IR. A, yeah. So, so they say it's, it's it, a it knee sprain, me. knee sprain, going for an MRI, gonna be like minute. So it's like a minimum a week. They're saying now the. Most mild knee sprain is generally like two two weeks, but obviously we don't know. Like knee could be anything, right? The fact that he f- could like could walk afterwards means like probably well, not. So let's be let's fun. just be realistic, Leaf fans here, and say that he's going to be out for a minimum of two weeks because I, I feel like anything earlier than that is good luck. 
So he's out for a minimum of two weeks. Murray is still out for like one to two weeks. We're going to be playing the subsequent five or six games without either of our number one or two goaltenders here with, with Shalgren being our number one guy. How, how, how concerned are you guys with the Maple Leafs goaltending prospects here? <sighs> Pretty <Well>. concerned. <laughs> I mean, even like shall like we haven't talked about the Carolina game yet, but I, I like maybe that was why I was so tense in like the the third period of the Boston game. But he just like doesn't inspire confidence. Hmm. It's well, just, he, he until tonight hadn't gotten a win in any of the starts he had made this season. Um, I do have to come clean. The, and you guys haven't called me out enough on this, but at some point in the offseason, I said the Leafs should have rolled with one goalie and Shelley as the backup. And uh, I guess we'll see how the rest of this couple of weeks goes, but that was the wrong decision because, yeah, in most of his starts, he hasn't looked like an NHL goaltender. He lets in, he doesn't like, he doesn't have meltdowns like a guy. Like uh, Frederick Anderson. Well, like Freddie <laughs> or like, or like uh, Hutchinson, right? He doesn't have those, but he definitely lets in, I'd say, one goal every single game that he. Yeah, he reminds me a bit like James Reimer, where he's just like never quite as confident in the net. Like, let's in a couple rebounds there. Like, and he he gets the job done most. Like, obviously, like we won tonight against Carolina is a good team, and like he made us a few good saves. But I'm never quite like every time they shoot it, I'm like holding my breath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I would say that he's like somewhere between a two or a three. I th- I think he's probably better than the average number three goalie on on people's teams, but. I'd say he's probably below average your number two. And the fact that he's going to be starting really important games for us here in hard games, like we played Carolina tonight. He's probably going to be in the net for Vegas later this week. Like these are top teams in the league that he's going to be going against here. And I don't know if they have that much confidence in the media. And they signed this other guy, uh pretzel zelly guy. What's his, Oh my goodness. What, what is it? Pez dispenser. What, what is no, it? Keith Petrozelli. There you go. That's the one. Keith Pastrami. Um, um, I've heard the nickname Petro. Okay. Uh, if you're looking for a nickname. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that also went down today. Um, right. Obviously the Leafs needed somebody, you know, Sammy's on IR. Um, so they bring this guy in who he was with the Marlies last year, went down to the, the ECHL, but he's had a really good start with the Marlies this year. He was six and oh, um, and he's he's got an interesting build. I don't know if you guys saw this. He's six six and one hundred eighty pounds, which <laughs> makes him on, if he played a, for the Maple Leafs, the tallest and thinnest player on the team. Thinner than Mitch Marner. The yeah, Nick Mitch, Robinson? I, what? Wait, he well, wears for, less? No, no, no. What from like a height, like? probably from like a height to weight ratio. No, no, no. The th- that 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 weighs. Th- well, okay. I guess I don't have the numbers directly in front of me. I'm going off of what I read on. I think mm. Twitter, the thinnest player for the Maple Leafs. Maybe if Nikki Nikki Rob doesn't count, I I should have this because I'm the king of the uh, biggest gainers. But Nikki Rob put a couple of pounds on this offseason. I want to say he was in the low 190s. These guys, they got big legs, Tim. That's where they, they keep it in the booty. I, I, I don't get it. I've never been like a, I don't, I don't hold no, weight there that it way. Is. But Nick Robertson, 183 pounds, 5'9". He's a big gainer. I don't know. I, I, I wonder if Kyle Dubas is approaching this goaltender situation on a game-by-game basis. Like, you, you take it, and I think if we got blown out by Carolina tonight and there were just some bad goals going in, 
I wouldn't be surprised if he was making a few calls the next morning or like same thing against Vegas and, and just it, take it game by game. It's a tough spot though. Cause like anyone you, you big, you bring up, you're going to lose to waivers. Cause as soon as you have a real goalie, you have to send them down. That's the problem with, that's why you can never get a reliable number three. They have, they have to go through waivers. I guess we, we haven't we talked did it about that waivers. one year though. Like we, um, we traded a third round pick and brought in, who was it? It was when Anderson and Campbell were our guys and we Anderson was in Hutch. No, oh, no, David Riddick. Riddick. That's right. We brought in big save. Dave. Oh, at the trade deadline. Yeah. And, and he was our guy because we weren't so sure Anderson was going to come back and be healthy. And so we spent a third round pick and we brought him in just that for was- that insurance. And like, here we have, it's a pretty similar situation where, you know, Murray's coming back, but who knows if he'll stay healthy. Samsonov's already injured. Muzzin's gone for the rest of the season. Do you need to no, send someone down for it- waivers? It's not the same. We had to carry three goalies for like one day before the playoffs started and the cap wasn't a thing. Like we're not going to carry three goalies for the rest of the season. What do you mean we had to carry? We we, made, we did at the trade deadline. We carried three goalies from the trade deadline to no, the playoffs. No, Anderson was injured for ninety percent of the time before the playoffs. Anderson came back right after the trade deadline. It was it was the week after. He's like, oh yeah, I'm good. You think we carried three goalies for like two months? Yeah, because we had we had several players on the long term injuries or that year. It was um, Hyman was no, out I- for a lot, and we we yeah. were able to. We had the room. I no, mostly block these playoff run memories. Anyway, it doesn't that, my brain. It's old news. It doesn't um, matter. But like the point is that like he can't you never you carry can't, three goalies. No, you team can't. Does. Go, you cannot go the next like three weeks with having three and four level goaltenders be your your guys when you're really trying to round a corner and make some points up here. So if if these if Shelley is not going to be the one to get it done, then even if it is just a temporary thing, you almost need to look at it and say, okay, we got to do something. Can I bring up an elephant in the room here, though? I, I'm surprised you guys aren't on this corner. The Maple Leafs, more than any other team I can think of, report these goaltender injuries shrouded in mystery. I don't believe a single thing they're saying. One week, two weeks, I don't buy it. I do not buy it. A knee injury? Are you kidding me? LCLs, MCLs, ACLs. Spelling was never your be- strong suit. Could be anything. It could be absolutely anything. And we could be not seeing Samsonov for months, right? I mean, like Rasmus Sandin, knee to knee. He was out for months last yep. year. It's a knee injury. This mm-hmm. is this could be really bad. I know you're saying he played the rest of the game. I mean, like Clay Thompson came back against the Raps with a torn ACL to try it out, right? You don't know in that moment. It feels a little weak. And until the MRI comes, like I'm expecting, I'm expecting months. A month. Which is seriously, seriously bad news if, if you're the Leafs and that's that's where you're at right now. Like we don't have and they the, always lie to us. You don't have the they roster space. Lie. You don't have the cap they space. They lied to us. They said he's getting a test. He's getting an MRI. No, I'm going back in the history books. They lie to us about when that that entire mystery season that Freddie was sitting on IR. Freddie and- was lying to them. <laughs> <laughs> Lies. Lies. Uh, um, I thought you were going to say elephant in the room. We're talking about waivers. For like the eight thousandth time, the Leafs lost someone to waivers. Any t- any time a player comes up with tour next to his name on the waiver wire, people just hit claim just to Except troll Simmons. us. Simmons made it through. Simmons um, made it through. I I do have to admit as well with these goalies, I don't know what it is. 
because I get it that that's it, it's not how this works. But every time we sign a new one of these guys, I want to see him. I want to see him that night. And I get it that <laughs> uh, Petrozelli was playing in the ECHL for a spell last year. But like, I, I want him in there. He's I the want to like, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know who the guy is that like had this magical run in the past, but I feel like it was James Reimer. Don't you remember when James Reimer came in and then we won like nine straight games and missed the playoffs by this much? It was, that was the one. It's I, I mean, look, if we're going to talk about good stories, let's talk about like Bennington and like came in and the, and Tim, like, we're talking the about the Leafs here. Don't talk to me about another team. And then won the Stanley Cup. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for I don't care Bennington. about another team. That team, they don't have the Toronto curse. They can do whatever right. they want. I was trying to segue and talking about Knack. This will be the last podcast. Brian has to hear me Who? talk about Nicholas Obey Kubel. Oh. Lovingly referred to as Knack is now a member of the Washington Capitals who's mm-hmm. struggling. It was weird uh, that Kyle Dubas decided to wave Kubel. Like at that now that we really? needed to sign Petrobelli or I'm just gonna call him Pepto Bismol. We need to sign <laughs> Pepto Bismol to the contract that it, that like we needed that contract spot. And it makes sense now, but we didn't know that at the time. So like we were no problems with the cap with both Muzzin and Murray on LTIR. So like why wave him? It didn't really make sense, especially when you could see Washington, who has like something like forty five million dollars in LTIR right now. Of course they're gonna claim him. Do they just not want him anymore? They weren't I- interested. I'm just shocked that like teams won't give up a seventh round pick for these guys. Like, like he's a pretty much, he was an NHL for Colorado this year. He's maybe more of a bubble player this year for us, but like can, is not one of the 31 other GMs like want to spend a seventh round pick for this guy. Like it just seems not- we always lose these guys to waivers mm-hmm. and it's like waivers is a bit of a dice roll. Cause you know, Ever like 31 claims are going in on this guy who's a well, maybe, they, maybe they thought forward. he wasn't getting claims like he hasn't played great this season right and yeah. like who knows what like we don't really get to know what the inside talks were on the negotiation table for these guys maybe he he didn't even want to come to the lease and he came to it because we were the only ones who were going to give him a deal so like maybe no one even wanted this guy in the offseason that's why Kadubas was like no I'm going to wave you and you're going to go on our minor system and then Washington just came out of nowhere but I don't know. It it was kind of strange, but it kind of worked out because we needed the roster spot for was it pastrami pepperoni? <laughs> pepperoni yeah. You're You're making the decision to not say this man's <laughs> I, name. I can't remember the name. I remember. I remember it's something a long P name. That's all. Uh, he's like a foot taller than you, Ryan. And he <laughs> what is it? Pre- pretzel <laughs> twist? <laughs> I think. I think. Like. I think. What it kind of spoke to me more than anything else was that like Nick Robertson has earned a spot on his team. And I think also that like he Keith is more comfortable with putting Wayne Simmons out there than like okay, obviously than this I, guy. I, I'm very glad you brought that up, Tim, because I want I wanted to ask you guys about Wayne Simmons because this is just me, or in his limited usage, every few games has Wayne Simmons looked good again, like an an actual NHL player again. Now that he's only in there like every other third game. And he's able to rest those old weary legs that he uses his cane to walk around on. I think he's like, I have no problem with Wayne Simmons on any shift I've seen him in. I have no problem with him playing Boston where he can just punch a few faces. But I haven't even seen him be out there and be the like rough and tough guy. Like I see him kind of hustling and making Making plays plays, and getting a few shots on. Like I I think he's fine out there. You're right. He's right. He's fine. Well, but, but I don't want him in. For the sake of Nicky Robb, who I, I know you're saying he's a an NHLer, but like he was scratched for two games mm-hmm. 
uh, in the last, whatever, four or five. And I think he should be in there every night. So, um, let's hope Keith, it, it is kind Keith of funny still on my radar when, um, um, when Nikki rubs in the lineup, Keith seems to like, to like him a lot. Like he, he gets him up there in the top lines and gives them the extra mileage. But then you're right. When it comes time to scratch someone, he seems to be top of the list, even above Malkin who Malkin had a phenomenal game against Carolina. Like I tell you, I love me some Evgeny Mulgan. He's he's just great out there. So you I don't know, know, Dennis Malgan, nicknamed. Yeah, I was like, wait Gino. a minute, it's not Evgeny. No, it's oh, no. Malkin. I think that's what his teammates were calling them. They were, they were just joking around as Gino Mulgan or something. I forgot what that was. When you say Evgeny, I think of Nabokov. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Carolina Leafs win. Leafs come back tonight. I said it in the intro, 22 hours after their last game. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Schedule makers putting our boys on a plane after they just beat Boston at the bank. Mm-hmm. You send them to friggin' Raleigh, North Carolina to play a game at, at, at three o'clock, five o'clock. What's going on? But anyway, get, get in the right time zone. Wait, uh, five o'clock four. Eastern time. For uh, I lived in I lived in both of the places that these teams. Steven, it was daylight saving day. Did you change your clocks? I was up very early this morning. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> don't ask me about my clocks. Um, <laughs> Not the best showing for the Maple Leafs in this game. But it felt like a trap game because of because of that scheduling, right? They did oh. them dirty here a little bit. Leaves with like five shots in the first period, and I don't know, maybe fifteen after the second. Definitely a sluggish start. And Shelly gets his first win and really played well. Kept the Leafs in this game for the most part, I would say. That first goal he let in, which I guess was the only goal, was pretty rough. Like, that's where, like, you know, you look at him just say, like, oh, this is our our future for the foreseeable month. But then you're right. He, he locked the door down and, and shut it. Now, I mean, I don't know if Carolina was getting off their grade A scoring chances. He didn't necessarily have to flash the leather a lot, but he made the saves. And that's all you could ask for the guy. So... I uh, I give him a, a a solid pass on his performance in Carolina, which is all you could ask from him. And you know, established goaltenders that have been around for a while, it's letting the odd stinker every now and again. Looking at <laughs> Frederick Anderson with what was that with like five minutes left or something like that. It's not the, not the kind of goal well, you want to let in. Although shout out to William Nylander, who must have been like saving a little gas in the tank all weekend. Must be like totally gassed, but he outworked that. I don't even know who the Carolina defenseman was. This outworked him, and then Anderson just, just said, who, who, "Who was possessed? William Nylander coming right at me, and he missed the puck going right by him." Do Do you guys put a little bit into uh, when, like, like you know, Freddie's going up against whatever nine guys that know him extremely well, and maybe what he's really good at and what he's not. And sometimes I'm surprised they don't pump him for more goals, but like, I don't know, maybe Willie knew a little something. I remember they, um, they, they bring it up on the broadcast every now and then of, of when you have a goalie who really knows the players and the players who really know the goalie, is it advantage player or advantage goalie? And I seem to remember them saying in the broadcast, this advantage goalie, actually, that they've seen the, the, the shots. They, they know what to look for. They know what, you know, when Matthews brings it in, you know, it's wrist shot where he brings it into his feet and shoots like no one has seen that him do that more than his own goaltender at practices. So like I, it's almost advantage goalie in that sense as I seem to remember them saying, but I'm sure it differs from goalie to goalie or player to player. But the, uh, the hurricanes who were rested and again, one of the best teams in the NHL, 
uh, and a total cup contender, despite the fact they play in front of 17 people a night. Um, the Leafs, you know, slow start, but they get the W. And I think a lot, yeah, Shelly and the defense, right? That they and kept our fourth that same line. Group. Our fourth line looks phenomenal that game. Yeah, M- Malgin, um, Evgeny Nabokov Malgin, <laughs> he's interesting. Well, he's interesting because, like, <clears throat> He, he, you can kind of see where he, he played in with the Swiss, right? The Swiss mm-hmm. league. And you can maybe tell he was like a total wagon on his team and like held the puck and kind of did his own thing. Yeah. Cause that's kind of what he does a lot for the Leafs. And like, I kind of, I kind of like him, right? Like that necessarily doesn't work as like a line all the time, but he makes things happen for himself and puts himself in his scoring positions. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're ca- maybe that's why they sent um, Kubel Knack out the building, right? They're just like, no, it's Malgin. And if it's not Malgin, it's Nicky Robb. And if it's not Nicky Robb, it's Simmons. And Kubel's like the fourth guy or something. Well, so, for a while, I thought maybe Malgin and Robertson were going to be kind of vying for that same spot on the second line. And neither of them would be able to make it on the fourth line. That that both of them are more complement pieces that excel when they play higher in the lineup with some more skill and and they're not going to do so well on that fourth line so i was quite happy to see that mulgan is able to make it as a fourth line player clearly because him and austin reese and i couldn't keep track if it was angvel or, or camp that was centering the line i feel like keith was kind of blundering the lines down there but him and austin reese as the wingers anyway really did a good job that game in, in a fourth line role really grinded and got some momentum so that the next shift the big boys could come out and kind of level the level the field there. So I, I was quite pleased with, with Morgan in this game and, and I guess Austin Reese, both of them did really well. Yeah. And I don't know who like Carolina has on their fourth line. Like maybe Carolina is just not so, not as much depth as some of the other times as well, but like, yeah, definitely. I was a, a, a good showing from the fourth line. Like, and that that's kind of what you want. You want them to be able to start in the defensive zone and at very, at minimum carry the puck up the ice and get it like an offensive zone face off or, like you don't necessarily have to score all the time, but you do have to be able to move the puck up the ice unassisted and mm-hmm. not get hemmed in your own zone. So, mm-hmm. Good. all right. Can I talk about Austin Matthews now? Cause I got stuff to say. Wow. Okay. Speak your mind. Well, I mean, Tim, Sound you, off. you mentioned earlier in this spot, you know, Austin Matthews is back and this is like the rain, you know, we have nothing to worry about. I, I call bogey on that i don't think so and he's scoring Whoa. goals he's scoring goals it's hard to ask more from a guy who's scoring two goals a game or whatever he's getting there or a goal a you game. want him to fight too but i'm looking at the goals <laughs> i'm yeah, drop the bits buddy come on i'm looking at the goals he's scoring and they're not the goals he was scoring last year at least like in peak austin matthews form and by that i mean like in the philly game you look at the goal he scored there's like not a single philadelphia flyer within like a full stick and a half radius anywhere around him they're showing him no respect it's complete just like malfunction of the flyers defense to leave him all alone and yes 10 times out of 10 when matthews has that much room sitting in front of the net with a puck he is going to score same thing with his two goals in boston you you watch both those highlights he has just all this room around him. No defenseman is covering him. It's it's really it's criminal on the Bruins' defense. So what you're saying? Go, he stop, plans stop, stop. the slump. He's, he plans the slump. It's no respect from the other team. And you know what I saw in the first two periods of the Carolina game? I saw Carolina on him, and he got zero shots. Hit all the big four. 
zero shots in the first two periods of that game. And that style, that, that, I guess, focus on him is exactly what you get in the playoffs. That's exactly why he hasn't scored a lot in the playoffs. And like when I say a lot, I mean, like you see guys like McKinnon or McDavid, like the other superstars of the league, and they are racking up the goals. And Matthews hasn't done that. He hasn't taken a playoff series and just carried the team on his back. And I'm watching him in this, this three game stretch where it's like, you know, he's back or whatever. And I don't, I don't buy it. He's not when it's hard. When it's the 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 plays mm. that only the superstars are able to make, he's not making them. He's only getting the plays when the other team is making a mistake. And anyone can score when other teams make the mistake. He he's supposed to score when the other team is on their A game because he's better than them. And I still haven't seen him do that. I haven't seen him do what I know he can do. So I think he's coming back. I don't think he's back yet. I think you're exaggerating a little bit. Like it's not like they're uh treating him like he's David Camp out there. Like that's what they're he, doing on the goals, though. He has no one around him. Tim, watch the replay. There's, there's no one remotely well, close to him. Well, you could have like just because a guy's not hanging on his back doesn't mean he had to like some of them. He had to like uh, twist and turn away from the defenseman uh, before scoring the goal. Like, don't uh, don't say that the other team just like are ignoring him, watch him from the bench. Don't disrespect John Tortorella like that. <laughs> I'm sure Torch was steaming after that one in Philly. Um, likely because you are right there's nobody around him but right we do have to remember this is a man an an offensive mastermind and like like to to say that he's just skating around and like happens to find himself oh there's nobody around here he's seeking out these areas of the ice maybe working a little bit harder like it's good I I, I agree with you that like he's not he has another gear He's not Connor McDavid, right? Like, he, like Connor McDavid never ever gets slowed down ever, and Austin Matthews just gets slowed down from time to time, like especially tonight. Um, but I, I like there the and and him being in front of the net, nobody around him. Like, I don't think that that's because it's Austin Matthews there. They didn't have anybody in front of the net. Austin Matthews is getting in front of the net a lot more than he used to everywhere. Like power play five on five, they're trying him out in some different places. I, so I like you're right and you're wrong. Like, like I think you're wrong. That, like, I, I have not, I've not seen this season, the combo of Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner or Michael Bunting score a five on five goal. That wasn't the result of the other team making a mistake. And, mm. and from your top line, arguably the top line in the entire league, you have to be better than that. You have to be like, doesn't matter. The other team could do what they want. We are, you know, a $20 million players between Matthews and Marner. They have to make plays. They have to they have to force the opposition into to making mistakes instead of just waiting for them to happen. I I I I don't think that I've seen from Matthews what we saw from Matthews last year. I don't care if he's putting the goals in. Any I think that if he wasn't putting those goals in, that would be a s- serious question uh concern. But I think that the the goals that we know he can be generating, the goals that only he could be generating, he hasn't done that yet. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, partly from the beginning of the season, I think when the puck, like, isn't going in doing, like, the regular Austin Matthews stuff, you have to change it up a bit, which is why you've seen him uh, make, like, scoring some different goals than you're expecting with the one-time or, or the wrist shot. But I don't think that's that's a, a cause for criticism. Matthews is always looking for different ways that he can score, whether it's, uh, like, capitalizing on the other team's mistakes. Like, how, how angry are we as Leaf fans when every mistake we make ends up in the net? Like so often the Leafs don't capitalize on those mistakes. So I think 
like what you don't see is being in the right place in the right time. Sure. It's not like Matthews single-handedly scoring at will, but it's like, it's also like being able to get, find that open ice. Like you, I think you're, you're not, I'm not saying that this is peak Austin Matthews and like, this is all he is now. Cause I do think he does have another gear, but I'm also like watching him the last couple games. I'm not, I'm not concerned. Like I think what he was at the start of the season was a slump. I was a little worried. He was like kind of injured or cause he, he wasn't getting those goals, but I think he was just a slow start. Uh, I know Ryan, you uh, poo pooed my heart trophy hangover theory. <laughs> I'm still holding to that, that it's just, it's nope. hard. I mean, here's the thing, Ryan, I'm a very competitive fan. I have sometimes hard to get up for these regular season games after the hype of the playoffs. So you have to, you have to work and get up there a little bit. Austin Matthews. I I don't know if I would go as far to say I'm concerned because it is Austin Matthews putting in the back of that. He's going to get there and give me the Austin Matthews that I want to see. I would say that I have genuine concern about Michael Bunting right now, though, because he is Mm -hmm. like still 11 or 12 games, however far we in now still doesn't look like the Michael Bunting at all of last year and is not complimenting Matthews and Marner too well, I don't think. And the, the replacement that Keith seems to have is to put Kerfoot up there. I don't think I like Kerfoot up there one bit. That guy couldn't hit the broadside of a barn door if there was a goalie standing in front of it. Like there's, he, he just has no finish. Like I, he's I want to see though. He's uh, been, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I think it's been a step back for both of those two guys and we haven't really seen anyone else flank the wing of Matthews and Marner yet. So I, I kind of want to see someone else take a shot up there. Well, tonight Keith, it real. I mean, I, I know they were held shotless through that first period. Matthews and Marner moved Marner down to the line that's working, and that's what John Tavares. Yep. Right. I mean, the Leafs have one really good five-on-five line. That's the one that's centered by Mister, you know, hat trick in Philly himself, John Tavares, Jace's dad, um, looking good. So, so <laughs> we'll see. I don't know, but no, Ryan, you're hundred percent right. Like this Kerfoot thing. Come on, man. This uh, bunting thing, I'm glad we're getting this look at them. It, they're both concerning. Like, like Matthew certainly isn't getting much help. Mm-hmm. I, I know, like, Mitch Marner's some nice help, but, like, they, yeah, they haven't had that that all-star. We all know your solution is going to be to put Ricky Rob up there. <laughs> me? I'd like yeah. to see it. Sure, yeah, why not? absolutely. That crossed my mind, Tim. <laughs> you know me too well. Uh, well, uh, tonight it was uh, at the end of the game. It was Kerfoot, Matthews, Nylander, and then Nicky Rob. Tavares Marner that mm-hmm. was your, your I didn't really six. notice Matthews and Nylander when they were out there but I thought Tavares and Robertson and Marner looked quite good I kind of liked that little bit that they were showing there I don't know it's uh it's it's still I mean Tim you were going to mention that you were right last week and what that they should do which I'm guessing is just win which you're right it did make us feel better but I'm going to notice that I was the one who was right in that Keith just literally switched up things multiple times every game between every game so I think oh, uh, you said I seem to recall you said we should bring in uh newly minty uh, uh healthy scratch <laughs> Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah, that that was that was played me. Listen, at least I tried, all right. Anyway, well, at least we, we all agree in? that firing Keith was not the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, at least we could all agree Steven's an idiot. You guys are both idiots and shut up. Let's do the wagon. Oh boy. Oh. First wagon in a while. The wagon is the part of the show where we highlight players who are rolling because the Maple Leafs on a three game win streak are rolling. Uh, we each got a suggestion. Who wants to go first? Who's rolling, boys? Well, I mean, there's only one place to start. It's the captain. The guy is a 
friggin' Atrick in Philadelphia, and he keeps scoring goals after that. He's leading by example. He brought this team out of the gutter. It's it's John Tavares. First, he's the driver of this wagon, unquestioned. Ooh. Tim? Uh well, John Tavares is kind of the obvious, the obvious choice there. Uh should I say Giordano? I was kind of calling out earlier for, for fighting. I, I'm going to give it to Timothy Lilligren. Coming in Ooh. off the AHL bench, right in the top pair with the Morgan Riley, who hasn't looked quite like Morgan Riley. Guy gets a seat on the wagon. All right, he deserves I won't, it. Uh, I won't disrespect um, a senior citizen of the team, <laughs> a veteran a a mean bull unafraid to go against Travis Konechny. Mark Girodano is in the wagon for me. I loved seeing the blocked shots against Boston. Yeah, the kick Mike, save. Mike, this might be the first time he's played Boston as a Maple Leaf, um, and he gets it. That's a guy who gets it, and he's looked great all season. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's Mark Girodano. I hate I hate the. Now that we're doing the wagon again, I hate having to leave a bunch of guys off. Oh, what do we got? Uh, five, we each... five seats to the wagon? What do we got? Well, these are some big guys. You're gonna put you're gonna five of these bodies right, in there. There's, there's mean, definitely one more that fit, she needs. Okay, we can fit one goalie. You can fit the yeah. new goalie. Uh, pepperoni yeah. in there. No, no. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna give it to another goalie though. I think Shelly deserves to seat the wagon. Listen, pepperoni. he he if 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 we lost that Boston game because Shelly led in a few goals in that third period and then he got blown out in Carolina, this would be a totally different vibe on the pod. So I'm I'm gonna give it to Shelly. He held the fort down and he's why we're all smiles right now. Give some smiles Wait, for uh, Samson. Have some smile. Uh, well, is this a discussion or are we just letting Ryan choose? Because. I'm sorry, we're putting Shelly in. Austin Matthews scored five goals in six games this week. And I know you're saying he's left wide open. Alex Kerfoot's not tapping in a single <laughs> one of those this week. That's true. That is an excellent point. Uh, we don't beat Boston on Saturday without the only man that scored goals for the Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews. All right. Beating Boston is the reason we exist. I don't know. I'm saying it should be Austin Matthews. Tim? I mean, I'm 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 with you, Stephen. I I put my Austin Matthews on there just because Ryan may disagree. Oh, <laughs> brothers! He, he, he can go in there. I'll, we got five seats. He's a, there's a squishy back seat. They're in. <laughs> you have John Tavares, Timothy Liljegren, only playing two games. Mark Girodano, uh, Austin Matthews, and new Maple Leafs goaltender Keith <laughs> Parsley. <laughs> <laughs> keep pa- pa- pomegranate what, what is it <laughs> pomegranate oh All my right. goodness and you said the captain's driving that's right well the Drive captain's the driving he, he had a, he had a great quote the media was talking to him before the game was like oh do you have any like old hatred from the time when you were on the islanders against the the rival flyers and you said got hate for every team that doesn't have a maple leaf on their sweater it's like he gets it he gets it <laughs> If they aren't running blue and white, they don't run with me, John Tavares. And, and the that's wagon, the wagon. The wagon is running over the Boston Bruins and their inability to sign decent human beings. Done deal. <laughs> uh, we actually didn't mention Gary Bettman laughed at the Bruins and said, that guy's never playing in the NHL. Next time, talk to me first. <laughs> so they just put Boston has put egg on their face all over the Listen, it's great being a fan of an organization that doesn't do stuff like that, though, right? That doesn't put, you know, the players in these awkward situations. And 
a, a classy GM, even though I criticize him from time to time. Um, I'll do glad the classy. Leafs aren't the Bruins. Mm-hmm. Glad the Leafs aren't the Bruins. And if I see a Bruins fan this week, I'll be sure to roast him a little bit. That's good. <sighs> it's good to have the wagon back, man. It's good to be winning. Winning. <laughs> Here's Tim. How do you fix the leaf stump? Just win. Just win. <laughs> hey, it worked. It worked. <laughs> All right. This Just week, win. we have Vegas coming up on Tuesday. We got Pittsburgh on Friday and the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday. What, what are your guys' key to the week? What are you looking for? Oh, boy. The defense needs to continue doing what it does. I'm surprised the Leafs haven't had a game where they've, like, popped off for like six plus goals, you know, or I guess even more than five. Right. Um, like I'd love to see that, but more importantly, I want to see the defense continue to look really good. Even if the goaltending is a little shaky, um, like, right. You know, we're going to get Shelly's going to get let in that one goal. Uh, uh, pepperoni might let in two of those kind of like wonky goals, but if the defense can keep things locked down and we keep it to that one or two goals, we can get a W. I'm not scared of any of these teams this week. I mean, Vegas has won seven in a row, so like maybe like we should be a little nervous against them. But uh, we'll see. When do we play Vegas again? It's uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Well, we'll see if Porta Potty starts then or whether it's Porta <laughs> 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 oh, This guy, if this guy gets a win, we're gonna use his name right on the next box. <laughs> Oh, I'm excited to see him. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we will definitely see him this week because there's not a chance that Murray plays and there's not a chance that... Um, uh, uh, well, we, we that, have a back-to-back. Sammy Smiles is back, so we have a back-to-back. Yeah, Yeah, Friday, Saturday. I think I think it's going to... Ah, never mind. I was about to say that I think it's it's going to be Shelly on Tuesday and and Thursday or, or Friday, but no, nah, we, we could see old Porta Potty in there, so... I, so pump, I'm going to do, I'm just going to call it Austin Matthews again here. I want to see him just dominate the game. And I'm specifically looking at this Vegas game. I think he gets up for Vegas. I think he gets up knowing that Jack Eichel's on the other side. And I want to see him just hand it to Vegas, dominate performance. Give it to me so I can stop criticizing you. I like being a Matthews fan. I want to be like Tim on this podcast. So let's go. Never wants to be like Tim on this podcast. We could get a little bit of everything this week because you play the the uh, Vancouver Canucks. These could <laughs> score 10. A 10. Oh, man. Pittsburgh's uh, not doing so hot either. Tim, say 80 goals. 80 goals a year. <laughs> oh, man. That's it. Pepperoni. 